Hey, welcome back to the Elemental Evan podcast, where I simplify complex health topics from a holistic perspective. This is your host, Evan Roberts, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about what would happen if you stayed awake for 10 days straight, and also why sleep is so crucial for your optimal health. So, what do you think would happen if you stayed awake for 10 days straight? Would you go crazy? See hallucinations? Drop dead? Maybe you adapt and become some kind of an Edward-type vampire that no longer requires sleep? That would actually be pretty awesome, but probably not going to be that one. Uh, Well, luckily for us, someone has actually successfully stayed awake for not just 10 days, but actually 11 days straight. The person who accomplished this feat was Randy Gardner in 1964 in San Diego, California, baby, at the age of 17 for, get this, a science fair. Now, I swear that if I hear Randy lost this science fair to some baking soda volcano, we're going to have some serious problems. No, just playing. Randy actually did win the science fair, but more importantly, he made some very interesting discoveries about depriving the body of sleep. First off, after just two days of no sleep, Randy already began having problems with tongue twisters and had difficulty identifying objects with touch, while other senses, like his sense of smell, seemed to be heightened and extra sensitive to intense smells. These were just some of the things that they tested him on while he was going through this quote-unquote science experiment. Now, by day five, Randy actually began hallucinating. Now, hallucinating doesn't always have to mean that you are just seeing crazy things. It could be much more minor than that. But nonetheless, he was still hallucinating and started to have trouble forming short-term memories. For the next six days, Randy stayed awake doing everything in his power to keep from falling asleep. And by day 11, when Randy had officially completed this study, that just, sorry, blows my mind, 11 days. Randy slept for a total of 14 hours with incredibly high levels of REM sleep. I think we can all understand that you're probably going to need to sleep quite a bit after 11 days of sleep, uh, 11 days without sleep. But nonetheless, he slept for 14 hours with incredibly high levels of REM. And the interesting thing is that when they actually took scans of his brain, because that's what they did after the science experiment, he was taken very quickly to, I believe it was a naval base in uh, San Diego, California. And they put, you know, all the wires, the whole get to get together on his head, you know, and tested what was happening while he was sleeping. Now, what they saw was from these scans... It seemed as though parts of Randy's brain would just turn off and take a cat nap, which would absolutely explain his inability to perform basic tasks at a normal level when part of your brain is literally not functioning and is taking a break. It's hard to say what the exact effects on Randy's health were, but Randy ended up sharing that later in his life, he did have a period of time where he suffered from extreme insomnia. And this wasn't just like a month or two later. This was years down the road. He was much older at this point when he started to suffer from this insomnia, where he just literally couldn't go to sleep. And even when that insomnia did subside, he still was only able to get about six hours of sleep per night after that. He definitely 
believed that this whole stunt of uh, trying to sleep, uh, not sleep for 11 days was absolutely at the root cause of this insomnia. So this just really speaks to how important it is for us to sleep. In fact, I did come across other studies while I was preparing for this podcast, and I came across one, or at least a quick mention about one, where they had cats stay awake for 15 days in a row, which I don't know how you would even do that. I don't know how you would keep them awake. It probably was kind of a cruel study, you know, I mean, in in most people's opinions, I would say. Uh, But at day 15, the cats actually died. Uh, I don't know if it was all of the cats, but at least some of the cats died, which, once again, pretty cruel type of test to do on an animal, a living being. But nonetheless, very interesting to see that If you go a certain amount of time, at least in an animal study, right, this is not a human, uh, but it did cause them to die, that is just showing how crucial and incredibly important sleep is. So I wanted to break down what are three things that we can expect to experience due to a lack of sleep. I know I covered a few things here with Randy and his experiment, but let's go ahead and break down some more tangible and realistic things that we would experience after maybe even just one night of not getting good sleep. So first off, when you decrease the amount of sleep that you get, like I said, even with just one night, you can expect to literally become dumber. Okay, maybe not dumber, but definitely a less mentally optimal version of yourself, right? And this is because your body and mind go through a phase of rest and repair while you sleep. You know when you hear people say they're getting their R&R? Literally, they're getting their rest and repair while they're sleeping. Your body in its insane, innate intelligence, right? Like you do not need to tell your body to do anything. It will literally just do this on its own without any conscious thought from you knows that when it goes to sleep, it's going to take the time to do things like store memories, strengthen certain memories, and pathways in the brain, and even to clean out gunk, such as amyloid plaque that builds up throughout the day, which may have a correlation with Alzheimer's disease. On top of that, obviously we know sleep is great for a multitude of other things, which I will get into as well, but really kind of just focusing on the brain here, it plays a huge, huge role with the brain. In fact, there was actually a study that showed that when you stay awake for 17 hours straight, you're likely to have a similar cognitive test score as someone with a blood alcohol level of 0.05%. Yes, like someone who's been drinking alcohol. And if you stay up for 24 hours straight, then your test scores would represent that of a person with a blood alcohol level of 0.1%. Now, just so we're clear, that is above the legal driving limit here in the United States. So yes, being deprived of sleep, for lack of a better word, let's just say it makes you dumber. Okay, so that's number one. Now, number two is when you have a bad night of sleep, you actually will have more cravings the next day. So I know, who would have thought that getting good sleep could help curb curb cravings and also help you stay in shape, but it is absolutely true, and the reason for that is, is because when you have a bad night of sleep, you're likely to have higher levels of a hormone called ghrelin. Now, one of ghrelin's main roles is to signal to the brain that you're hungry. So essentially, with a 
decrease in sleep, you have a rise in ghrelin, which is going to ultimately increase your appetite. So getting a bad night of sleep is going to absolutely throw this all out of whack uh, because ghrelin is absolutely necessary. We need it when, you know, in, in normal life, when you are hungry, it's good to have ghrelin to allow you, uh, to let you know that you are hungry and it's time to go eat so that you don't starve yourself, right? But obviously there is a very fine line and balance here. I also thought it was actually very interesting to kind of put this in more tangible terms. Uh, so if you look at people who are sleep deprived, they actually eat on average about 385 more calories than someone who has proper sleep. Uh, I believe the 385 calories was something like four slices of bread extra each day, something along those lines. But nonetheless, very interesting to see that there is a, cor uh, a correlation between getting bad sleep and increased calorie consumption. So that's number two. You're going to have increased appetite the following day, which is probably not for the best. Number three is going to be that sleep is truly a time for our body to rest and repair any damages that have occurred throughout the day and also to just literally give everything a break, okay? I like to always think about your phone, for example. If you were to just use your phone all day long and never charge it, what's gonna happen? It's gonna die, right? Obviously, we're not gonna die from 24 hours of no sleep, but it is definitely going to take its toll, and obviously, like I said with the cat study, over a longer period of time, who knows, maybe it could actually lead to death. So, we need to take the time to not just recharge our phones, but also to recharge our bodies. And on that note, I always love to point out that for people who are really big into working out, or maybe you just want to put on a little bit more muscle, when you go to sleep, that is the time in which your body is resting and repairing, right? So it is repairing the muscles that have been torn down during your workout. When you go to a gym, you will leave that gym in worse shape than you were when you first entered because you have literally caused damage to your body. And it is when you go to sleep that you reap all of the benefits of your workout. Now, that is really just speaking towards muscles, which obviously are something that most people are interested in, but it also plays a massive role in other things like our organs and other parts of our body. So for example, sleep deprivation can actually show up as heart disease, kidney disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, obesity, and depression. These are all terrible things, right? And it's very simple. We can literally just go to bed. Uh, sleep, like I said, it's absolutely crucial for the body. It's crucial for the body to repair itself so that it can keep performing at its top level day in and day out. And one thing that I think is super interesting is that we actually see the effect that sleep has on our health as an entire nation two times a year during daylight savings time. I don't know if you heard this before, but when we lose an hour, when we fall back an hour, there is a clear uptick in heart attacks, even as much as 24%. It's insane. Sleep is so, so important. I cannot hammer that home enough. So I think it's safe to say that really, I mean, sleep is not just important. It's critical, necessary, 100% need it for good health. 
Which leads me to the last part of this podcast, which is how can you make sure that you're getting enough sleep? Well, here are three very easy, practical ways for you to get some good sleep. Uh, I try to keep this show as practical and useful as possible so you can really just apply these ideas and practices to your life right away. So number one, if you have the luxury of a sauna, is a sauna. But if you don't have the luxury of a sauna, then it's a hot shower. Now, why the heck would taking a hot shower or going into a sauna before bedtime be beneficial for sleep? It's a great question, and it's not just because it's very cozy and comforting and warm, which also might play a role, honestly. But when you're in a hot environment, like a sauna or a really hot shower, your body is through the process of regulating your temperature is trying to lower your core temperature. So when you're in this hot environment, your body is trying to keep yourself cool. And when you step out of the hot environment, so out of the sauna or out of the hot shower, your body is still going through this process of trying to lower the body's core temperature. This is very important because to go to bed, your body has to decrease in temperature to actually go to bed. So when we go into a hot environment and then exit that hot environment, our body is going to continue trying to drop our core body temperature, which is going to help us get to sleep. So find a way of getting warm before going to bed. If you have a sauna, I wish I had your sauna. <laughs> and uh, But if you don't have that, most people do have a hot shower. Both of them are going to still uh, work. A sauna might be a little bit more effective, honestly, but a hot shower nonetheless is still going to help. Number two is going to be to set a bedtime timer. This is a very, very simple hack to do, but a lot of people don't do it. Um, I think the iPhone might have a setting on it where it can tell you that it's about your time to go to bed if you set a, a, a bedtime timer. But this is actually very beneficial because a lot of the times people are staying up watching the Netflix and they're captivated by that show. You know, Netflix does a good job at leaving you on those cliffhangers, right? And you can't just watch that one show. You got to get onto the next one and then the next one and the next one. And then all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock at night, right? So by setting a bedtime timer, you're able to notify yourself and let you know, hey, it's getting close to go to bed time. And I need to start, you know, brushing my teeth and doing all of the practices that are going to ease me in to sleep. Now, for me personally, I do set a timer and I do have a whole process that I try to stick to. I'm not perfect here, obviously, uh, but I do try to go through a process just like I have a morning routine. I also have a nighttime routine. And just to give you a little bit of an example of what that looks like, sometimes, yes, I will wind down with a, show, uh, a TV show at night, but when it's starting to get closer to bedtime, I go ahead, brush the teeth, uh, do all that good stuff. Maybe I am hopping in the shower, right? And sometimes, usually before brushing my teeth, I also like to get a warm beverage. Now, this could be a nighttime tea. It could be whatever you like, but really for me, this is just comforting and it's kind of a way to let my body know that we're getting into that stage. 
And what I like to use personally, I like to use Organifi's Gold Blend, and not just the Gold Blend, but the Chocolate Gold Blend, which is literally like a cup of hot chocolate, only it's upgraded and doesn't have all of the crappy sugar in it and stuff that's going to be very harmful for the body, but rather it's gonna have things that are actually going to help you ease into sleep. It's going to help you get into a restful night's sleep, things like magnesium, things like turmeric, right? These are things that are going to calm the body, decrease inflammation, and help you get a good night's rest. So that's usually what I'll do is I'll get myself a nice mug of that. Uh, if you want to get yourself one of those as well, please check out the show notes. I have a link there with a 20% discount code just for being a listener to the show. That is my thank you to all of you. I absolutely love this stuff. Um, literally try it one time. You're going to you're gonna freaking love it. So anyways, that is usually what I'll do. I'll then hop in the shower, brush the teeth, um, and then I usually try to finish my night with some reading. It's something that I've tried to pick back up again is doing a little bit of nighttime reading. It's uh, a way of entertaining the brain without getting you on that cliffhanger type feeling of a show, right? A lot of times these shows, they really captivate our attention. They also have the bright blue light shining in your eyes, which are also not good for sleep. So what I try to do is I actually try to read a book and I unfortunately have one of my books on my phone, so I will wear blue blocking glasses, but I try to actually just read an old school book and just literally kick it old school, right? Have a low uh, lamp on the ground for light so that there's not too much light in my eyes. And uh, yeah, that is literally my nighttime routine. And it all starts with me setting my bedtime timer. So I highly recommend that one. And then number three is going to be maybe, maybe the most important one of all the three, honestly. And this is to just stop eating so late at night. It is so wild how many people eat so late at night, myself included. I used to do this all the time and I would be lying if I told you I don't still have a few nights where I let it slip a little bit and I pay for it and I really, really notice it. And I think a lot of people are not aware of how harmful eating so late at night is to your sleep because they're just not, literally they haven't brought their attention and their awareness to it, right? So the reason I recognized this was because I actually used a sleeping device. It was the Aura Ring, but I know you can use things like the Whoop Band. Uh, there's a few other ones out there as well. But if you use one of those, you can test this. Go eat food like 30 minutes before you go to bed and then watch what happens when you try to go to sleep that night. You will have a really terrible sleep score. I, I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with other people. Uh, they've they've told me, they've showed me their, their sleep scores and it really does affect the quality of sleep that you get and also your ability to get to bed. Now for some people, I understand it's like they eat food and then they just crash, right? But they might be waking up in the middle of the night more than they realize. And so if you actually do have a sleeping device, I urge you to really take a look at this and pay attention to it. If you don't have one, that's okay. You can also just eat food late at night and see how you feel when you wake up the next morning or stop eating two to three to even four hours before bedtime and notice how much better sleep you will get. It is literally mind-blowing the level of sleep that you will get like you will wake up feeling so much more refreshed and like i said it might just be one of those things where you just haven't brought your awareness to it yet and you just don't know that eating late at night is really messing up uh your sleep schedule so go ahead and try that out now honestly 
going to throw in a couple more uh, little sleep tips and tricks just because, I don't know, I'm feeling it, right? One of those things is when you wake up early in the morning, one of the first things you should be doing is actually going outside. Get sunlight in your eyes and on your skin. This is going to help set what's called your circadian rhythm. That is your internal body clock, and it's going to help you get in a good sleep cycle. So when you wake up, literally in like the first 10 to 15 minutes, if the sun is up, please go step outside. You don't have to do it for a super long period of time, but please just go get outside. That sunlight is really going to help set that internal clock. And then the last one is going to also be to really watch how much light exposure you're getting. Um, some people don't really like wearing the blue blocking glasses, and I totally get that. They do look pretty funky, but they do help. And on top of that, if you are able to really just lower the amount of light that you're using at nighttime, or maybe even get rid of it completely, that's also going to be of major benefit to getting a good night's rest. So those were, you know, the few extra little snippets I had there for you. Um, just, yeah, I don't know. I was feeling it in the moment. So anyways, gave you five little sleep tips there. And yeah, so basically do not stay awake for 11 days. Um, they are no longer actually allowing people to submit their studies to Guinness World Records. Um, Randy, I believe, still holds the world record at, for the 11 days, even though people claim to have surpassed him uh, in staying awake longer than 11 days. But people are worried for the health of the individuals, and so they will literally no longer accept uh, any submissions for staying up over 11 days. So um, there's no fame and glory in it any longer, no reason for us to do it, and it's terrible for our health. So don't do it. It's very simple. Um, all right, y'all, let's uh, go ahead and have just a quick recap here. So it was Randy Gardner. He went ahead and stayed awake for 11 days. This was all for a science fair in 1964 in San Diego, California, and he after all of the all, all of the things were said and done, he really experienced some health effects in terms of insomnia and just really not being able to get a good night's sleep. And so for us, the three things that we can expect when we are not getting good sleep is number one, you're gonna be dumber. Like I said, maybe just less optimally, uh, less mentally optimal version of ourselves. And number two, you're very likely to have more cravings after a bad night of sleep. Number three is it's just a really great time for your body to rest and repair any damage. And this can be everything from your muscles to your organs and can really help keep you from getting all these different kinds of diseases that I had mentioned, uh, such as heart disease and kidney disease, right? Also, if you want to get really, really good sleep, get hot, go get into a sauna, go get in a hot shower, whatever it is, get your body hot so that your low, uh, your core body temperature will lower. Number two, set a bedtime timer and have a routine with it, right? We want to have a routine so that our body feels this process of easing into sleep. Number three, stop eating late at night. It's a huge one. Please stop doing it. And number four, uh, these are the extras now, was to get outside and get some sunlight on your skin and in your eyes within 10 to 15 minutes of waking. And the last one was to avoid too much light late in the evening. Try to use dimmer lights or 
a maybe you just don't use any lights at all. <laughs> all right, you guys. So that is going to be it for today's show. I hope you found this very beneficial and you know, really just providing you with knowledge that you can apply to your life today and live your most healthy, optimal life possible. I mean, that's really just the goal with this is I'm just trying to break down these topics that might seem a little bit complex and really provide you with the actionable steps that you can really literally take today, right? You can start getting warm before bed. You can set a bedtime timer and have a bedtime routine. You can stop eating late at night. These are things you can literally start doing today. So please go ahead and do it or at least take what serves you and leave what doesn't. Uh, Obviously, I'm not going to force anything on you here. Just trying to provide you with the knowledge. So Truly, 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 I thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode. It means the world to me. And please, if you found any benefit in this episode, please send this episode or this podcast show to a friend, family, loved one, anyone that could benefit from hearing this episode as well. And also, please share this on social media. I'm active on Instagram, and I would love to see you posting this as a story. And please tag me in it so that I can go ahead and reshare that. And uh, honestly, if you have any questions, concerns, or you want to hear anything on this show, go ahead and reach out to me. Send me a DM. I love connecting with all of you and hearing your thoughts and opinions. You can also subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Those are free, easy ways to support this show, and they really go so far in helping to spread the message of this show. And if you are looking to help support this show monetarily in any way, go ahead and check out the show notes for the affiliate programs. We have Organifi in there with their gold chocolate, like a hot chocolate that is going to help ease you into bedtime. They're really, really awesome. And uh, I have 20% discount codes pretty much for all of the affiliate programs. So please go ahead and check those out. And thank you all so much for tuning in. It really, like I said, means the world to me. And I love having you all here and truthfully just love sharing this kind of information. So thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Y'all know the motto of the show. It is do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements. I'll see y'all on the next episode. Much love and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.